listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Well, a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the macho man. Yeah. The best there is, the best there was. Austin 316 said I just whipped your ass. Two words. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Journey into Wrestling. It's season four, episode nine. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me back, as always, he is one half of our journey into wrestling tag team champions of the world buckles (laughs) what's going on my dude what's good bro how are you i i am uh coming off of a pretty crazy set of two weeks uh pretty much from the night that i recorded our last episode of jiw um went into work the next day and had the absolute fucking shit show of a day from hell had a, I think I texted you my car bro- or had a have my car towed, had to like medicate my dog over some crazy shit. And I ended up with the flu at about one in the morning that night, so still coming down Couldn't from catch that. A break, bro. Oh god, that uh, I don't know if, if anybody on your end had seen has gotten any of this flu from this year, but if you start feeling like shit, quarantine yourself immediately because this is the fucking Captain Trips, the stand super flu going around. Ugh, not a fan. We'll say one good I thing mean, that came out of it. One good thing that came out of it. I went my, I got my ass to the doctor at Friday morning, and uh, told him like, "Man, I, I'm like locked up. My back is killing me. I can't move. I can't. I got migraines going on. What can I do?" She's like, "Well, here's some, uh, here's some flu meds, and I'm going to write you a prescription for hydrocodone. So that'll help you take the edge Whoa. off." Uh, no shit. <laughs> All right, okay, wow. I'll, I'll enjoy this weekend then. God. So yeah, made. Made it for a very interesting few days, this for me. They're like, you got the flu? Let me give you some. Here's some Vicodin, oh, motherfucker. Yeah, no shit. It's like Take when it. She, sa- she says it, I'm like, uh, uh, okay, sure, yeah, sure. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. <laughs> Shucks, I'm sorry you have to offer that to me, but yep, I'm going yep, to have yep. to respectfully decline. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, I mean, man. I, I don't know, man. Got to sit on my ass and watch some good wrestling over the last few days. So, hey, there has been some really interesting breadlines and headlines in wrestling. Not even just definitely all quote unquote good, but just like the wrestling world we live in. The climate has definitely just changed again. I feel we we had some uh, some not so good headlines coming out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, I. 
I don't even know where you want to start. Let's I, just uh, I, I, you just f- run them down with me. Let's just riff on this. I think the biggest one, honestly, and really people outside of wrestling aren't picking up on this at all. It's not mainstream in any way. But anybody that's watched wrestling in the last two weeks, the uh, Tessa Blanchard thing is kind of the is the biggest storyline really in the last few days, um, which I've been following. If you haven't been keeping up on it, uh, Impact has been building Tessa. Uh, Tessa Blanchard to be their kind of the star they're building around for the future. And uh, this past weekend, they had their first pay-per-view of the year called Hard to Kill and actually booked Tessa into the uh, Impact, you know, main championship uh, match against Sammy Callahan. And it's it's a big deal. That's a huge deal to have uh, an intergener match for like the main title i don't think that wwe's never done something like that to my knowledge and uh that's i don't a know big that any thing. promotion has taken that kind of no risk. On i don't main believe championship, so on the championship their entire federation like hinges upon no this is a i first. mean i've seen some indie feds do it but no one near the caliber of even impact that's it's a big to do and it's for impact who is kind of clawing their way back that's a big thing that they're hanging their hat on and understandably so the problem comes uh that's on a sunday that show is it was last sunday uh saturday morning of last week tessa tweets out something along the lines i don't have the exact tweet in front of me but you know hey it would be really great if women could support other women wrestlers and you know that would be really awesome for everybody you know just some kind of in a way kind of cheesy that yay raw i'm a standard bearer kind of bullshit and in its own right, completely innocent. However, seemed. Yeah. Allison K is the first one that started off. Uh, you know, subtweeted her or commented back and just said, Are you fucking kidding me with this? Like, you've been a total bitch to everybody. You know, you tried to blacklist. You, uh, I believe she comments, you spat on a black woman and called her, you know, derogatory racist terms. How about that? And then all of a sudden you get Chelsea Green, you get uh, Big Swole, you get women coming out of the woodwork. uh, Corroborating and agreeing that she has done these atrocities. Right, Right. and naturally Tessa just, oh, that's that's bullshit, that never happened, you know, this is nothing. And really there doesn't seem to be any defense for it because all these women who are coming out to say shit against her have nothing to gain from it. Like, Chelsea Green just debuted with NXT, like, the week prior. Allison Kay's a main title holder in NWA. Uh, none of them have anything to do with Impact right now. So none of them are a threat yeah, to Tessa Yeah, like they're going to take her spot for calling right. her bluff. That's right. So there's, no real, there's no real reason for them to just make shit up. And they're coming from all over everywhere. Hell, Shanna from uh, AEW had commented. And uh, the most damning one to me was... Uh, the gal that she supposedly spit on came out and said, yeah, this happened a couple years ago over in Japan. I didn't say anything at the time because I didn't have a leg to stand on. I was afraid of getting blackballed, so I just didn't say anything. But everybody else is kind of coming out to defend it, so yeah, that happened. Uh, Big Swole comes up and says, I actually tried to talk. I'm friends with Tessa. I tried to talk to her, to talk some sense into her about this and, you know, squash this a couple of years ago and she blew me off. So I, I got nothing for you. I tried to help you. And 
all this comes out in about a maybe five, six hour span and really just terrible look for impact. Who's kind of put on a damned if you do damned if you don't situation where they don't want to, you know, reward somebody for bad behavior. But they but also, also do you abandon your plan last minute right, when it's so right, close you can't to scrap being what you've been plan. setting up. And like, you got to think, I even started thinking back to like the May Young Classic when there was rumors that Tessa had been looked at by WWE and they told her no. They didn't like her attitude. Um, there's a rumor going around that uh, she and Ricochet were dating at the time and got into some huge fight at the PC and Tessa had to be removed from the building. So WWE already Jesus. knew that you know she's got this rumored history of bad attitude and now this is coming to light. And Impact goes through with it. They did put the title on her. And to their credit, they had a great match and they followed through with it. And Tessa continues to, you know, people could say what they want about you, but I'm bigger than that. I think it was this morning. Did you hear the news on it this morning, too? No, the news on it is early this morning. The last thing I heard was that Tessa had released a statement categorically denying these claims again. Mm -hmm. Sounds very familiar to someone who I know as to be the presidency. What? Well, let me blow your mind a little bit further then, because Allison Kay tweeted out screenshots. Uh, it was either this morning or yesterday morning. I believe it was this morning. Uh, no, it was yesterday. Uh, tweeted out screenshots of people texting her, saying, hey, I just want you to know she's talking to people at NWA or she's talking to the people at, you know, WOW, trying to get them to, to say bad shit about you. Like she's going around and essentially trying to uh, get people to, to just spout shit off about Allison to try to discredit her now and have she's screenshots. She's her blacklisted like in reverse. Essentially, yeah. Or at least get people to, to, you know, spread rumors and shit about her. And they have screenshots of people coming to Allison saying, hey, this is what's going on here. Um, even... The folks at WOW have come out and said, yeah, somebody tried to get a hold of us. And it's just like this is a horrible look that she cannot get over herself, apparently, or admit any kind of wrongdoing. And you kind of feel for impact because they're in a, they're still in a shitty position because of this. Yeah, and they're it's literally a, in a rock yeah. and a hard place because look at it like this, bro. It, okay, so... You decide to punish Blanchard for the plan. Mm -hmm. Who do you have step up in her place that's going to make anybody give a fuck about that pay-per-view? Nobody they have on their roster at the moment. Um, no. Most of their I mean, bigger names are heels or leaving. Um, Killer Cross is out. Uh, Brian Cage is rumored to be out. Um their biggest names, hell, uh, John Morrison's with WWE now. He was a, a major fighter for them. You've got guys like Rich Swan, maybe. Um, Willie Mack, possibly. Um, trying to think, even. Uh, Eddie Edwards has been a mainstay there. I could see them putting it on him. He's a fan favorite. But there's no storyline there. There's no build to it at all. And it would just be doing it because you have to swerve from what your original plan right, was. Right. And and in, and doing so while the fans know what's going on behind the scenes, too. 
Because let's face it, Impact's not exactly a uh, you know mainstream market right now. The only people watching Impact are watching it because they're seeking it out and looking at it. They're fans. They're marks for Impact, and they know what's going on behind the scenes. It's not, not going to be something they, they can are really interested out. in that aspect of Impact right. and don't right. care about the wrestling or anything that's going on. They just want to see this drama that's actually unfolding behind the scenes. Right. Meanwhile, Impact's got their own issues to handle because they're no longer featured on Twitch. Oops. And Thanks you can, a you know, lot, Polly Emery. You fuck. Why don't you go ahead? You run down that one. You know a little bit more about that than I do. You've got this. You've okay. got the uh, RVD angle locked down a little more than I do. Okay, so yeah, let's just fucking break this down as best I can. RVD was doing some celebration or something or other. I don't know what the fucking pure reason was. I I couldn't tell you to <laughs> save my life. But well, he uh, he had a match with. Uh, Someone at Hard to Kill, and I can't remember who it was now. Um, no one of real consequence, I don't believe. Now, he had a match that he was celebrating after the fact, I do believe was the case. Yeah, so, like, he went on... Because they frequently do extra stuff on Twitch for Impact Wrestling now. Mm-hmm. It's just been kind of their thing. There's some of their extra backstage segments and other shit. Go to their Twitch feed. It's a way to drive people to that. It's a business model. I get it. Right, right. He's on there celebrating, and he's got his girlfriend, and then, okay, so her girlfriend, which then just, I guess, becomes like a sex object for RVD, but, like, they did some sort of not actually uh like uh the sex celebration that edge and lita had but like sort of there's whipped cream involved there's there's going down on himbedness where you see her bob her head for like a second or what like all this and like it's lewd so twitch fucking banned them they said no it's against our community guidelines 100 (laughs) percent. like we're not questioning it it's i don't care that you're a a business it's a highly marketable business now because wrestling is in we don't want to be associated with this. Which yeah, Twitch has you know got what? plenty of I get it. To make it was money, kind yeah. of smutty to play that angle. It's it's really in poor taste. It was it, like I get the character they're trying to play with RVD, where he's just this like completely like turning into a scumbag kind of a guy. This laid back, you know, whatever. I, what I've seen of him on Impact has pretty much constantly been him making out with his girlfriend, but. You gotta know Twitch isn't gonna do that. They've got other ways to make money that don't require you. <laughs> exactly, and there there are bigger avenues, more gaming. It's like, but also you kind of look at it and like, really, what does Impact Wrestling lose? There are other avenues they can right. go down if they want to keep showing that kind of stuff. And you know what? I'm 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 not gonna, just gonna go on there and say it. If there's that kind of shit that they want to try to kind of get that audience, because that's an audience that is untapped. Maybe they need to have some sort of a fucking deal with Pornhub. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> They've got Joey Ryan signed. Let's not forget that. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Joey Ryan is signed yeah. Impact. That's fucking crazy yep. to me. But um, The thing with Impact, and it's kind of it's kind of sad in its own way, is that they had that reputation of just, they were always the redheaded stepchild of wrestling promotions for like the last 15 years. You know, the promotion that wouldn't die. I mean, hell, they've been on... on paramount tv they've been on destination america or whatever fucking channel that was on and like spike they've been everywhere bro all the dumb shit that they've done 
all the bad press they've gotten for, you know, art or for Jeff Hardy showing up stoned out of his mind for a show or drunk out of his mind for a show. And, you know, they've Fucking had health issues. Up with Sting, yeah. Yeah, they've had all kinds of problems over the over time. Hell, they brought Hogan in, and he about ruined the show, as, as per usual. Um, they survived the Dixie Carter thing. They have they had Billy Corgan come on and actually kind of turn the show around and before he went on to NWA. And then uh, the guys running it now were, you know, rebranding the show. It got bought out and put on Access, which is a big deal for them. Um, Anthem's actually making a bit of a comeback with them. And... Like I watched a good part of uh, Hard to Kill. The show wasn't bad. Like they've got decent wrestlers there that can get shit done, and can build on. And the, you know, all the drama side. Their bookie. Uh yeah, I believe so. So like they have talent too. There's somebody who's a wrestling right. mind. I mean, I be honest with you, I'd watch the show more often if it wasn't for. Uh, Oh, the commentator that drives me up a wall. Uh, the guy used to be on it on WWE. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Um, anyway, their their commentary is just like nails on a chalkboard to me, and I, I he drives me up a wall. Um, but uh, they were making a comeback. They've got all this town around them, and the Tessa Blanchard thing should have been their golden ticket to relevance again, and. Now they've got this RVD thing. They've got Tessa. They're still kind of coming down from the fact that they signed Mike Elgin after he had some issues in the past. You know, Joey Ryan's not without a little bit of controversy, obviously. Sammy Callahan broke uh, Eddie Edwards' face with a baseball bat and almost blinded him about a year ago. Oh, yeah, you know, I remember that. On a bad spot. Like, they're. it seems like as they've been trying to come back, they just have these little missteps here and there, and it's going to come and bite them on the ass again. They're going to end up as a laughing stock again through no fault of, like, the people trying to do the show. <laughs> it's really a sad thing. I think, um, okay, so here's a couple of things I want to real sure. quick touch on with the RVD thing. First of all, I don't think that's a classy way to portray modern polyamory because it's not really like no, that. Like, sure, maybe for some older all. folks... Who are like Not just getting over the rainbow and they, you know, they're past their prime or whatever. Sex is the objectivity of it, but like, I think that there's a modern movement and culture that is more geared towards uh, different size relationships. I mean, fucking right. four ladies right. together, five guys together, three, what you know, whatever right. it is. But like, um, so for them to do it all again, it just based in sex and sexuality, it just makes it look bad. Yeah, it's it's almost, and you can tell me if I'm off base here, but it almost strikes me as a bad idea to make him a heel. It's like having the first openly gay wrestler, and then making him an like this effeminate horrible heel, or saying the first person, the, the first trans wrestler, that to come out and make them this terrible sleazy scumbag person. You know, yeah, exactly. and and, te- like and using it while using it as the lifestyle that you assume. <clears throat> Right, while using that as the heel gimmick too, like that's just not a good look. That's not, it's not going to get your fans. No, not at all. It's going to drive people away from your product. And then if you look right. back at the Tessa thing, it's like, 
there was no good way to get impact out of this shit sandwich that they had to eat. Right. And it's her own fault. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it remains to be seen how much they knew about her like specific incidents. They may have known she had an attitude issue, but they may not have known like specifically racist incidents in the past. So I can't say that's all in them for, you know, hiring her or pushing her, but that doesn't take away the fact that they're in a horrible spot because of her opening her mouth at the wrong time. Or well, and I mean, she kind of kind has cannibalized her career too, because now mm-hmm. let's, let's just play devil's advocate for a minute. I'm going to give you a little scenario. What if impact wrestling goes out of business for real? They're on this last breath. The thing they thought was going to save their company did not work and they go under. And then what do you have anytime a company closes? You have the exodus of talent going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Who's going to pick up Tessa Blanchard, bro? Uh, you're really, really shorting yourself, yeah. WWE's because, already okay, passed think on about it. You can't go to, like you said, can't go to WWE because of the whole Mae Young Classic they passed on her. Also, mm-hmm. WWE, even though it's not necessarily run by people who advocate truthfully for every equality for all kinds of people, uh, right. they do have people that do advocate for that within their locker room. So you can't right. have her go be a scumbag there because they're not going to fucking tolerate it. And that's, I think, why AEW passed on her too now that you kind of look at it. I mean, yeah. they had her for one of the Battle Royals or she had some match during I, she All was In or All Out. The battle I, Royals, I do believe one of the, I think it was either Double or Nothing or uh, All Out. She was in the, in the, 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 Oh, uh, the Blackjack Battle Royal, or whatever they called it. Yeah. The buy-in, I think. Right. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, and and she could have been, listen, she's very talented. I even said back then, like, damn, Tessa Blanchard got some moves. She's for real, you know, whatever. But then, like. But she's a hell of a All this other shit. Sure she is. She's also, what? where's she from? Like, West Virginia? I, I can't, couldn't tell you. Off the top of my head. I got to look now. I got to fucking know. I don't know where she's built from. I mean, you know where she's come from, though. She's totally Blanchard's son, for God's sake. You know, she's Magnum TA's goddaughter. She's raised in the lifestyle. She's raised in the business. So, I mean, and she, I hate to say this, in her own way, she's she is the wrestling royalty because of who she is genetically. You know, she's Charlotte Flair mindset-wise. And it's, uh, how to say this, like, I, A, I don't think AEW take her simply for the fact that they made such a big deal of Nyla Rose, you know, and who she was when they started. I mentioned Big Swole earlier. She's on the roster. That's not our, that's already not a friendly locker room coming from what she's saying and doing. Not a good look. You know, it really, if you want to be completely honest and blunt about it, how wise is it if you're going to say racist comments to go work for Brandy Rhodes, who's your chief brand officer? Really? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work out so good. Right. But she's going to pull you aside and be like, did you really drop the N-word in Japan? Yeah. Where, first of all, in Japan, they're not going to kill you because they don't probably really know what that word means so much. Well, they're aware. And then you would... Oh, but you would hope that it also gets buried because it's in Japan. It's not an American story. It's not going to make right, headlines right. over here immediately, but now it is. And, like, it's, I mean, 
do you really think Cody would fly for that, honestly? No. Okay, let's ask another question. What about Sonny Kiss? Do you think that he'd just be able to walk around the locker Hell. room knowing someone who is that intolerant of right. him and, and, and his culture? Right. But dude, not a fucking chance. Uh, again, like, like I just mentioned, Cody's the, what, president of the company or co-president? He's the COO or something. Cody's one of the higher-ups legitimately of the company. You know, his wife's the brand officer. That's an interracial, interracial couple. And Cody's been very outspoken about it. What reason would he have to hire Tessa after something like that? Her dad you know, works for him. And now even even the, like, uh, wow, women are wrestling who she was a big part of for their first couple of seasons. They're distancing themselves from her now. Like, she's been removed from their roster, essentially, already. Like, she's cutting herself off and burning bridges one at a time and holding her head up high thinking that the one she's on isn't going to burn down. At some point, she's going to have to acknowledge. And, I mean, and that's really all anybody's looking for. They don't want... It doesn't have to be an admission of guilt or... You know, an admission of, I'm a racist, or I, it doesn't have to be Hogan claiming I'm a racist person. It is, all you have to do is say, hey, look, I screwed up. I'm not that person anymore. I'm sorry. I will do what I can to improve. But to continue to just flat out deny that it ever was a thing or ever happened is going to continue to be bad look after bad look after bad look. Oh, there's so there's so much to unpack from this man. Like, uh, <laughs> it really is. Thing, inter- What's up? I said it really is, and it's it's amazing that it came out over so quickly. So yeah, I'm seeing where you said that the you know that there's uh, Allison K allegedly has shown the receipts and digging up the dirt right. of, of all this that's going on. But I just read a headline that just like made me kind of giggle. But did you hear Booker T's opinion on Tessa Blanchard's win? Oh, God, no, I have not. Oh, Booker God T save called me. Tessa Blanchard winning Impact World title the worst idea in history. Oh, okay. The question is, is it the worst idea in history because of the allegations in the news? Or is he very much an- is he anti-woman winning the title? Here, I'll read exactly the quote oh, from his Hall I, of Fame I, podcast. I'm, I am afraid of he this. He says, pick up to Tessa Bl- Okay, he says, big up to Tessa Blanchard because she's really good at what she does. But this is the worst idea for Impact Wrestling ever had in the history of their company. It's that bad. It's worse than paying me $10,000 for a six-hour power (laughs) commercial that never aired. That's how ridiculous this is. I forgot he was with them. (laughs) What's up? I forgot he'd done a bit roll with them. I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah, Yeah, he says now... All of the men in the company, if they wrestle her and she beats them, it diminishes every guy in the company. Who is the top guy in the company now? I can't see the man Becky Lynch wrestling Samoa Joe or Brock Lesnar. This is the worst idea in the history of wrestling. It makes me question and wonder if somebody's trying to blow this thing up on purpose. Let's see how bad we can mess this up. I'm serious. If Tessa Blanchard goes back and wrestles the women, she should be able to beat all of them. And the women that beat her, she should be able to beat the men too. The crossover intergender wrestling is something for independent companies if they want to be looked at as an indie group keep doing stuff like that. He continued uh, on to say, I don't think it's uh, this is empowering women what it was meant to be. I'm not saying Ronda Rousey is not a tough woman, but you put Ronda Rousey in there with John Jones and watch what happens. 
Put her in there with a lower level man and watch what happens to her. You don't want to start blurring those type of lines when it comes to performance, especially with a man and a woman these days. Normally when a man hits a woman, he goes to jail. I don't want to see no man try to put their hands on my sisters. To actually see it play out for someone to think that this is a good idea for television? For a man to be fighting a woman? It's ridiculous. It's not something I would ever have on reality of wrestling. You know, I I will say I've had I've heard other people, you know, have that take on intergender wrestling. And I kind of see both sides of it. Like, I understand why it would make somebody uncomfortable. Like, you know, if somebody's had an issue with domestic violence in their life, that's going to trigger. And I, 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 that's completely understandable. I, I understand why it's not comfortable to watch a guy beat up a girl or vice versa. I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy so much the idea that it, it, makes the male roster look worse by proxy. I don't know if I buy that. I mean a good it's it's building up that a good wrestler is a good wrestler. And the analogy that, you know, put Rousey against John Jones, yeah, she's probably gonna get her ass kicked. Put Ronda Rousey against depends, Tyler though. Breeze. You know, put Ronda Rousey against a somebody of a lower card, she should kick their ass. Ronda Rousey beat up Triple H. Fact. On WWE TV. Yep. Slammed him through a table. So, I mean, it. I can see kind of where he's coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with it, I suppose. I guess my thing is, is listen, okay, and, I, and I'm going to be real. This is my take on the whole intergender thing. Women can do anything, bro. They right. are the creators of life. So, in my book... They get a pass to do whatever the fuck they want. Okay? Right, I agree. They want to mutilate their body? Cool. They want to fucking have 47 kids? Whatever. They want to fucking put it in their butt every other Tuesday? That's fine with me. Whatever. It's I've fine. Watched enough, I've like, watched enough female wrestling death matches. Um, okay. I can't... I, exactly. Yeah, but, but, like, my take is this, okay? If the story is acceptable, if it makes sense, mm-hmm. if, let's say... I, and I don't know the story that they were trying to tell with Tessa and Sammy, other than that Sammy probably said that she couldn't beat him, and then that's Basically, just a whole yeah. like challenge yeah. of, oh, I, I can prove you wrong, which is kind of weak. But if mm-hmm. it would have been a more like, oh, Tessa fucked Sammy Callahan out of something or cost him the title or cost something right. or she got cost something or whatever, and then it comes down to technically who was the better wrestler, mm-hmm. then that's a great story because technical wrestling... It's fucking badass. But to say that, and then this is going back to the John Jones-Ronda Rousey argument. If John Jones and Ronda Rousey get into a jiu-jitsu ground game, sure, John is way longer than Ronda. But that doesn't mean shit when you're rolling with somebody. She could submit the fuck out of him. Right. But and to say that she could close the distance and take his punches is not the same fucking thing. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and say that you know, WWE does not do intergender wrestling for the most part. They'll have, you know, Becky Lynch or Asuka beat the shit out of, uh, oh, God, what the hell was his name? The chinless dude. Um, you know, any man with two hands is a fighting chance, whatever the hell his name was. Um, beat uh-huh. the hell out of him on WTV for the first intergender match. They can have, you know, Nia jumping into the men's rumble last year. Um, but I, I know I've, I've hyped up. Beyond wrestling, a lot over the last few you know weeks of the show, 
but hell yeah, they do. But they do intergender regularly. Um, matter of fact, uh, Chris Statlander, who went to AEW, uh, made a lot of her mark wrestling guys on Beyond and on Bar Wrestling and things like that. You know, uh, you and I both have talked about how she had a great match with Orange Cassidy. I watched. I just watched a great match with uh, Kylie Ray and Warhorse this weekend. Uh, Statlander's yeah. last match in uh, Statlander's last match in uh, Beyond uh, over on Heavy Lies the Crown was against John Silver. Great match, and they present it as just that—a great match. It's not meant to be an intergender thing. It's just a good match. If you remember back Again, a couple it. weeks ago, we did the award show. Do you remember what I said my favorite women's match of the year was? It was an intergender match it was with an intergender somebody. Match. Oh God damn it! David Starr, David Starr, Mercedes Martinez, and I yes. would say that's one of the best matches I've seen this year or last year. Period. And intergender ain't got shit to do with it. It's all in how it's presented. Yep. And truthfully, Impact didn't do a bad job of presenting. It. That's why I don't necessarily agree with Booker T. In that. The way they presented the the they didn't have Sammy as a chauvinist, they didn't have him as you know anti woman or misogynist in any way. He was just a dick. He's a dick to everybody. He he called her out more for being a spoiled brat, you know, who grew up in the business and had everything handed to her, rather than because she was a woman. And Tessa's angle in it wasn't just that I'm a woman fighting you. It's I'm the best here. Doesn't matter what gender I am. I'm the best here. And that's all that matters. I I see nothing wrong with that. No. Um and I think we're going to I think AEW will show us more intergender wrestling down the road too. I think I think it's a possibility. NWA will do that as well. I I don't I don't know about NWA just being as old school as they are. I can't necessarily see it, but AEW wouldn't surprise me, honestly. I mean, again, you've got okay, Statlander so, already on the roster, and she's made a history of doing it. Simple as that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what if you had, uh, like, Sonny Kiss could be in the women's division as well as the men's division. Mm-hmm. That's not a knock on him. That's on his skill set and his availability to. Um, you know, just I mean, run with the best you, of them, dude. Even if you want to look at current angles, they've brought Luther, whoever the hell he is, I have no idea who Luther is, but they've made him a part of the Nightmare Collective who has an issue with, with issue with Chris Statlander. There's a not there's a world I could easily see where we have a Statler ver, Statlander versus Luther match coming up. That would be awesome for sure. Mhm. It's all in how it's question. presented. Sure. We're talking about Chris Statlander, and I just want to get your long-winded, thoughtful opinion on um, what do you think about this Statlander, Orange Cassidy? They they did it again two weeks in a row now. There was another Statlander-Cassidy moment on uh, being the elite. I mean, they're probably two of the wilder gimmicks on the show, so it makes sense to have them interacting. It's a couple fan favorites, and I I don't know how much I look into it just because there's already – the two of them are friends. They've hung out. They've had many matches up and down the roads together. They've you know traveled the same circles of beyond and bar wrestling things like that. That I I just kind of chalked it up to them being friends and they have good interaction with each other. With each other, I don't know what 
angle they would be going for, but I'm interested to see if they try to do something with it. Like I didn't I didn't take the angles on being the elite as more than just eh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I think they're I mean, listen. You have two of the weirdest, you said it, two of the weirdest on the roster. Ca- uh, you know, Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. has this very unique uh lackadaisical style until you he's almost like Hulk Hogan, okay? Limited moves, <laughs> limited yeah. power yeah. until you break that moment where he points at the finger and says, you, and you're like, right. oh, fuck, now Orange right. Cassidy's at, like, the 12th gear. And then you have Chris Statlander, who has quickly blown up as maybe one of the most popular rising stars in AEW history. From right. Literally, I think the first match I saw of her hers was when I was at AEW in Chicago, mm-hmm. when she was in a tag with Hakura Shida versus uh, Brie Priestley and Emi Sakura, okay? Right. And I was like, holy shit, this chick is fucking badass. That's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And then now she's challenging for the fucking title. She's in the got, in the main event with, in, the, in the women's title match. She's right. they, having a, a rub with uh, the Nightmare Collective, who's like the big female fucking faction in, in AEW. So mm-hmm. um, I think putting them together, kind of a cute love story that you can tell while also being completely weird, and it just shows her alienness. Because it's not going to be like true. they don't, they're going to like fall in love, but they're going to have some true. sort of weird connection, you know? I think that's valid, yeah. Honestly, it's uh, kind of talking about AEW a little bit. They, I mean, they, uh, Revolutions in what, three weeks, four weeks? Um, Storyline wise, they don't have as much going into right now as they did into Full Gear, actually. You kind of, you have Jericho and uh, Moxley, you have Cody and. Uh, Cody and MJF, but and the Nightmare Collective, but beyond that, there aren't a whole lot of like really long form storylines going on, which is kind of interesting for AEW going into their second pay per view. They've got some time to build stuff up, but it's kind of interesting. I could see two or three cards on the match right now, or matches on the card, but they've got a little bit of work to do to get some stuff built up here. Okay, so <laughs> let me. Deeper dissect revolution because there's a couple other angles that you haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. And especially being the elite playing into that. So you're going to have, uh, you got Kenny and Hangman who are now challenging for the tag titles. You still have the Kenny Pac angle that hasn't been resolved yet either. Totally. You, on being the elite this week, we had a couple interesting things. The episode title was called Marty, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I've not gotten to watch this uh, yet. Ca- I've watched last week's. So I haven't watched this week's yet. Okay, so just a quick, a quick non-fully disclosed synopsis. They, the Bucks, told Kenny to call Marty and get him here. We need the mm-hmm. elite together up against the Dark Order. We're up against the Inner Circle. All true. Call Marty. Offer him whatever he wants. <laughs> so he called Marty. He offered him whatever he wanted, allegedly. But he called the wrong Marty. Can you guess which one? Oh, no. He called Janetti, didn't he? He did. And then he had to call <laughs> Janetti back. <laughs> and instead of Janetti getting on the phone for very long, Michael Hickenbottom. Have you ever heard that name? Oh, God. Um, I have. Why do I know that name? Because oh, he is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. That's right, that's right, that's right. 
that's his real name, uh, took yes, the phone right. and talked to Kenny for four hours before <laughs> Kenny ultimately fires Marty. Because <laughs> he called the wrong Marty, you know. Uh, so you have that angle with the Bucks where there's some dissent there and, like, uh, Hangman doesn't want to be around the Bucks because they aren't on the same page. So Kenny has this, like, dual allegiance going on right, right. now. It's weird. Some dissent within the elite. You've got the Dark Order story. They're going to maybe take Michael Nakazawa. They're maybe going to take Brandon Cutler. They just got John Silver and Alex, whatever the fuck his name was. I can't remember. Uh, uh, Reynolds. Reynolds. Thank you. Thank you for saving me on that one. I'm, whew, okay. Uh, you've got, obviously, the Jericho, uh, you know, Mox match going in. There are some little offshoots of that. There's been a small little uh, Sammy Guevara Jurassic Express with uh, Jake Hager storyline mm-hmm. slowly being fleshed out where there's some dissent and tension. There's, there's and still uh, Dustin kind of inter- interweaved with that as well. So I think they do have several storylines. I just think they haven't fully kicked it into high gear, and I, I can't wait. I mean, as we record oh, this now, it, tomorrow yeah. is Wednesday, Wrestling Wednesday, bro. Tomorrow is maybe I'm the most excited for tomorrow's <laughs> AEW as I've ever been for any wrestling event ever. I, I'm very curious to see it as well. It's on a boat, motherfucker, on a mm-hmm. boat. I'm on wrestling a boat. Wrestling Rager at Sea Part D. And I, I got I to gotta give credit. Moxley being one of my favorites still took the uh, spike to the eye and he's still selling it on the boat, walking around in the eye patch. Dude, I mean, he's a true consummate professional. It was funny because I was watching that, and I was like, oh, God, they got Mox, you know? And then Mm -hmm. later they bring him out of the ambulance, and he's allegedly holding this bloody towel that's supposedly, you know, to keep the blood from his eye or whatever. whatever, And all of it looked pink, and I was like, whoever's in the props department did a shitty job. That should be more brown. That should be darker colored. Well, Shouldn't I think when he so fresh and nice. Yeah, he walked he walked to the back with the rag on it, but I think he had like a a strap or a patch over it by the time he came out of the uh ambulance, I do believe. I may be wrong in that. I'm pretty sure um, I did. I I could very well be wrong. Um I did send you the link this you morning. You sent me a video uh, about uh, Moxley though. You want to talk about that? I I've watched it a couple times. Basically it's just uh Good old video of Mox uh, is still in character, still with the eye patch on, singing uh, Neil Diamond's "Sweet Caroline" in karaoke on the cruise right now, like two days ago or a day ago. Just good old fashioned Mox fun. <laughs> I gotta ask the other big news story uh, from this week. Um, you know, we just touched on the name of Marty. Uh, you and I both thought that Marty was going to end up in AEW. I, I said I couldn't imagine a world where he didn't. But uh, this is the world we're living in, and Marty ain't in AEW. <laughs> Marty Skrull well, gets re-signed with Ring of Honor for an absolutely blockbuster deal that sees not only him you know, staying with Ring of Honor, but uh, being able to work with NWA as well, and taking over booking responsibilities from Delirious, which is massive. What are your Can thoughts you on it? see what this is? I'll tell you my thoughts on it. I'll tell you what our necks are doing in your woods. Um, 
to quote Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, listen, man, this is way smarter than anything we're thinking of, and let me explain. Oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because do you know what has just happened unequivocally without question? What's Marty, that? who is already in good graces with the New Japan folks, the Bucks, who were in good graces with the New Japan folks, and obviously Jericho, who still has a great working relationship with the New Japan folks. You've got Marty, who also has a great working relationship with NWA, as does Cody, who has a great working relationship. Didn't I just talk about this a few weeks ago, bro? All these people mm -hmm. fucking uniting. All these, not smaller, but all these not WWE companies coming together, not fully coalescing, but having crossovers of sorts, like the days of old. Yep. What happens if we're... Okay, because right now, we're up Shit's Creek, bro. Let's keep it real. You said it. There's no Marty in NW or in AEW. Yet. Mm -hmm. But what the happens if it's there. revealed... Just spoiler alert right now. The Dark Order is not actually led by Evil Uno. It's motherfucking led by Marty. I've heard I've heard rumblings that because they couldn't get Marty that they want to have Matt Hardy, which I'm down for. Matt Hardy would be another excellent choice, but the mm -hmm. thing is, is that you have Marty that can book the ROH roster stuff. Now you could have the Bucks make an ROH appearance, and that's cool because they're ROH fucking royalty. Right. It just depends on Same what ROH's uh, relationship with them is currently. And, but that's what I'm saying. That if Marty is in that position, the the relationship is good, dude. That's what I'm telling you. If, relationship if it's the not a good. work, if if this booking thing is not a fucking work, because I can't tell. Part of me feels like it might be a little bit of a work that not all this I, shit I, is real. I don't think it's a work because there have been people have been calling for Delirious to be dropped as a booker for a while now, and that's that's a very good thing, legitimately. My thing isn't so much. I don't think there's a. Uh, I think there's a definite connection with Marty and the creative side of Ring of Honor and the Bucks. There's definitely a relationship there. My issue is that Sinclair still owns Ring of Honor. Sinclair has been in the past. You and I've talked about it with the uh, with some of the stuff they've had over the last couple of months. Um, the Kelly Klein stuff that. Sinclair's not exactly on the up and up every time. They weren't very happy when the Bucks left, when Adam Cole left, but more when the Bucks left. And there may still be a little bad blood between the Bucks and Sinclair specifically. And that's what I'm a little leery of. Let's smooth over that possible bad blood. Because <laughs> here's the thing that wins the day more than anything else, man. The bottom dollar, or the bottom line is the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, there's money the to Bucks, be made there, definitely. What's, I mean, okay, so like, the, let, let's just here's the scenario in my head that this is how this played out. You know, Jericho and uh, everything that happened with New Japan and the opening of the fit Forbidden Door, possibly it didn't actually get open, mm -hmm. but there was a tease of it. And Jericho uh, talked so, about it afterwards too. Okay. And, and, I mean, they really ran that storyline deep. He started cutting promo videos on it and just did the shit. Like, it was great. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. You've also got Cody, who has still a working relationship with Nick Aldis. They mentioned Cody Rhodes a couple different times. Every time they talk about the 10 pounds of gold, they have to fucking mention Cody Rhodes because right. Nick Aldis had to go through Cody to be the champion still. That's you correct. Know? 
because Cody took the title. So all these things together, you have a meeting, Sinclair's there, the Bucks are there, the Bucks are like, hey, sorry, man, we had to do it this way. Trust me, it worked out better, right? Look where we're at now. Look at what position we're in. If we can, all three coalesce. New Japan Pro has this whole American-sided federation they're trying to make bigger deal stateside. You've got ROH, who has talent roster. You have AEW with talent roster, NWA with talent roster, and they all are working in congruent just fluidity with each other. It's going to put optimum pressure, the most pressure on WWE to start actually bringing good product because I tell you true. what, brother, NXT ain't going to beat those four alone. Not possible. That's true. That's true. NXT's not really as the quality of their shows have been just as good as ever, but uh, their ratings have been down the last few weeks, definitely. So, I mean, uh, uh, fucking Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself, said it best, man. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Further together, faster alone. You might get somewhere fast if you go it alone, but you might go a hell of a lot further if you're with like-minded folks. And everybody has one thing in mind. Make wrestling great again. And what is holding that back? The gatekeeper of wrestling. WWE's Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. So, them coalescing is pressure on Vince to change his product, to bring things to the greatest standard of wrestling, and then we might have a beautiful world of wrestling where everybody works together. That's true. I don't don't think we'll ever see WWE working with other people just because they're still a publicly traded company and uh, too many people stand to lose too much money if they give it to other people, sadly. But I can see everyone else pretty well working together. In a perfect world, I can see it. And that perfect world's not that far off. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, I just think in the next few months we're going to see some things we aren't expecting. You might get... I mean, and and here's another great example, bro. Hopefully I'm a little bit louder, by the way. I just saw that text. You're good. Uh, Here's another thing, bro. Like, think about the Rock and Roll Express. They just showed up on AEW Dark last week. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, for the for the tribute to the Memphis stuff. So, like, right. they are the current NWA Tag Champions. And sure, at the time, they didn't have their titles and didn't toy them on TV or whatever, which is fine. You don't want to diminish the product. I get that. Uh, we have some other AEW news I just realized we didn't discuss. What do you think about this contract extension four more years on TNT? That's a and Dark big... is going to become an official show. <clears throat> that is a big, big, big deal. Um. I think, and we can all talk about how we, what we expected from W from AEW uh, when it first started. Everybody, everybody knew that they would have some success, but no one really knew how much. And we, most of us, you know, the people who are going to get into AEW, the people who are following the being the elite stuff. <coughs> excuse me, a lot of us knew or thought that AEW would be profitable. At some point, I don't think anybody, you, me, anybody else, expected them to be this profitable that quickly. It's been literally three and a half months. If well, that. and as a whole, the entire story is just over a year. They only announced this January first right. of last year. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't and even between... announce the TV deal until, what, September? August? Yeah. <clears throat> I so, mean, Dynamite wasn't officially a thing until September. You had right. only two, or you only had three pay-per-views in the year of 2019 for AEW, and they are, I mean, they're looking at the real estate, bro, saying that the, mm-hmm. the world is their oyster and they're going to shuck it. That TNT is, is so happy with what they're seeing that, yep, we're in it for the long haul now. And how good does that got to feel for Cody and the Bucks and 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 Omega to get that news? Do you think they that, just yep. call Meltzer and be like, bro, we fucking love you. Tell us we can't <laughs> do more shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, tell us we can't fill another arena of like four million. We'll try. We'll figure it out. We'll go to Russia or some shit, you know, like, (laughs) we'll make it happen. Bash at the Siberian Um, beach, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, thanks, Meltzer. That's all I'm saying. But, like, Mm -hmm. really, as the Bucks and and Cody and and Kenny, you know, they even said way back, and that's another thing of importance. That's why I think the whole Marty story is far from over, and we're just – Marty has to play the smart role right now, man, and if you do the obvious thing and go to AEW – it kind of just makes people go, okay, well, there's the coolness of him being here. Now that's wore off. What what about him? You know, what's right. the point? If he goes elsewhere, if let's say he beats Nick Aldis for the fucking 10 pounds of gold, let's say he does also beat PCO for the ROH title, and he's like a dual mm-hmm. champion that has nothing to do with AEW, then shows up on AEW, it's going to be a holy fuck moment. Uh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And everybody's going to go online and be like, what's ROH? What's NWA if they don't already know? And then that's going to make everybody more into the fucking product. And here we are. Everybody's getting their fucking licks. Everybody's making money on the back end. You Mm -hmm. know, it's all winning. These are all people that work really well with each other. You know, so I think the saga is really far from over. I am excited to see what the future of AEW and Dark is. And Absolutely. Dynamite and all these pay-per-views and whatnot uh, Absolutely. to come. We're uh, also in the middle of Bash at the Beach right now, which is fucking cool. And the, the kind of thing that it's you and I talked about a little off the air is that, you know, all this excitement with AEW and all this excitement about, you know, the future of this and that and the other. And then you kind of turn around and you look at, okay, what's WWE doing? Well, um, Lashley and Lana are still a thing. Um, hey, that uh, Alana yeah. Bobby Lashley wedding was the drizzling shits. Oh God, yeah, they, uh, you know, you know, I covered it on the last episode, and I we I kind of did my recap on it. The sad thing is, is that we don't seem to have any end in sight for it yet. You know, we just had another match last night of the mixed tag match. Could have been the end of the angle. No, we're we're not done yet. Vince, some reason, just loves it, and God only knows why. It's doing great numbers on YouTube somehow, by the grace of God. Maybe it's just Vince watching it over and over and over again. But Maybe Vince just has a team of, like, 50 dudes that just have great refresh uh, buttons. I, 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 I try not to think too much about it. Because there's like, no way people are interested in that shit show that is that no. wedding and all the shit they're doing. It just is not cool. Well, it's then not you go good over storytelling. You go. It's 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 confusing as to why it is as prominent as it is. I mean, again, taking last night's raw for example, uh, 
the show opens with a really good, I mean, pay-per-view quality ladder match between Andrade and Rey Mysterio. That's your opener. Not your main event. That's your opener. You know, you have this hot new angle of uh, this faction of Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and uh, the AOP, and they have a tag team title match against your undefeated Viking Raiders. And that's not the main event. What's the main event? Oh, yeah, it's the Lana, Lashley, Lana, uh, you know, Rusev, Liv Morgan, God, poor Liv Morgan, in an intergender, or not intergender, but a mixed tag match. That's your main event. All this good shit at the beginning of the show, and that's what you finish on. Vince could take makes the no fun sense. out of a blowjob, bro. Yeah. And then, uh, God, and the sad thing is that Raw, for some bizarro world reason, has been better than SmackDown lately. Because you go over to SmackDown, and yeah, you got John Morrison's back. Hey, that's cool. Or you get, you know, old school kind of looking Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. That's still neat, yeah. But, no, what are we leading off the show with? What are we closing the show with? Oh, yeah, Baron Corbin doing shit with dog food. Um, Yeah. Why? Why is Baron Corbin still this insufferable, terrible character? Why is this still going on? Why why is Dolph Ziggler a major part of this angle again, doing absolutely nothing to, for it? Why am I supposed to take Robert Roode seriously all of a sudden? Uh, no, I, I can't. I'm done. And as a quick aside, really quick, I was thinking about this this morning, that I used to be a Baron Corbin fan when he was in NXT. The guy is physically dominant. He's a former fucking Golden Gloves boxer. Can hit harder than anybody there. He's a very safe worker. He puts on decent matches when he's called upon to. Great move sets. Got the most protected finisher in WWE. But the guy can't talk. He cannot talk. And they just keep putting him in positions where that's what he's supposed to do. And his character is so god damn intolerable that it just ruins the whole show. <coughs> but, they need to give him a mouthpiece. Yes, they do. They very badly do. And the and mouthpiece needs to be somebody who is smaller but authoritative towards him. I could see like, that. I'm not sure exactly because I don't pair have him up the, with the fucking Miz. SmackDown roster anywhere close to in my head right I w- now. I would have paired um, him up with The Miz, to be honest with you. Have him be the heavy for Miz and Morrison. Okay, sure, okay, sure, 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 sure. So Miz and Morrison come out and say, hey, Corbin, shut the hell up <laughs> for just a second because we agree with you. And he's like, wait, what? You agree with me? I don't, I don't see where we're going with this. And then mm-hmm. they go... They diatribe like they do. They explain what's up. And then Baron Corbin, like, buys into that system. And they start to, like, say, like, oh, well, we don't even have to lift our fingers. And Baron will make sure anything happens. Exactly. And then you can have a monster unleashed that at the end of that storyline he betrays both of them. And it's like a feel-good moment. Decent story right there. It's just this. Sign me the fuck up, bro. The fact is that. It's not that he can't cut a promo. It's not that he's got a bad character. The The King Corbin character is completely insufferable and cheap heat left and right. It's not bad in and of itself. It's the fact that when he opens his mouth, 
he sounds like uh, this is gonna be a really bad analogy, but it sounds like you're back in English class and like like sophomore year of high school, and the teacher calls on the middle linebacker to read uh, read a section of this story out loud. I uh this that the like he just it it sounds like he has no idea what he's saying. It sounds incredibly scripted. It sounds like it's nowhere near natural for anything he wants to say, and he can't pull off saying it. It's terrible acting. Period. It's like you it, know what it is. I think. What's that? It's a case of exactly what Dean Ambrose was suffering from when he was towards the end of his career. It's that the good reason shit, man. that Corbin cannot talk for shit is because they are feeding him shit lines that he does not know how to um, right. elegantly turn into his own phrasing. He can't make it sound natural. Thank it's you. It's not natural. Yeah, to okay. Him at it's all. like yeah. if right now you were to tell me to cut a promo and. I don't believe in what you're telling me to say. Like, how how am I supposed to connect those right. words with the audience? Because I don't even buy into it, you know. Right. But if you can say, okay, 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 and this is more uh, more on talking about Moxley Ambrose and that Jericho talk is Jericho interview. Uh, you know, he was like, let me say it in my voice, and they wouldn't let him, and they would do rewrites and shit and make him say things in a certain right. way in a cadence. That's taking away the voice, and that's why Baron Corbin is a weak promo. Because mm-hmm. he has no control over what he's actually saying. No, it, it's, it's incredibly scripted. And for someone... It's scripted for somebody that would be better suited in a different role than what he is. Like, And the thing that, the thing that uh, makes me laugh about it is that this isn't new. He had the same problem when he was the, the constable. He had the same problem when he was the acting GM, and now he has the same problem. They keep going to these same, these similar characters for him, these, this smarmy douchebag, and it's just not him, period. Well, and they start, they've they now devalued the, the idea of a general manager. They've devalued mm-hmm. the king of the ring. I mean, and this, the sad King thing Corbin, is like, sure. It's going to be endearing for a time. You know what? Booker T was awesome as King Booker. Right. And really, the the care the idea of somebody of Corbett's character, you know, having this ill-gotten win or this King of the Ring that he may maybe kind of doesn't necessarily deserve. I mean, he still won it clean, but that he's just lording it over everybody. That he's better when he does nothing and gets his ass handed to him. You know, tale as old as time in wrestling. It's not yeah, a bad man. character per se. It just doesn't fit him. Period. Him is he. Corbin is the perfect, you know, Jake Hager. This heavy doesn't talk, just goes in and fucks people up when they need him to. He's great at that. He'd have been a great Luke Harper type character. But they okay, continue so. to push him as a face of a faction type. And it just fails miserably every time. It's almost the opposite think, of Roman Reigns where we're, you know, everyone, they push Reigns as the face and no one liked it, but they just kept doing it, kept doing it. No one wants Corbin as this heel, but they're just keeping at it. <laughs> but like, if, if you're going to give him the heel bit, do something interesting. Right. Be creative with it. 
put four 205 Live guys in his stable and make those four guys the guys that do everything he needs, and he doesn't touch a fucking thing, and he's like a mobster. I got it. I got you. You know what a okay, great, sure. character Bring- for, great character for him would be? Think a few years back sure. before he left WWE, Ryback's bully character. Or he was the dumb jock Biff Loman from fucking, you know, Back to the Future. Okay, yeah. Or he's just the, just the dumb jock, meat-headed idiot that could beat you up and would beat you up just for looking at you and just bullying people in the background. That would be great for him. Mid-card heel all the way. You know, let him go beat up a cameraman just for, you know, let him go give a, a sound guy a wedgie. Some shit like that. Just have him be a dumb meathead jock boxer that can beat the fuck out of somebody. But don't make him the the brains of the outfit. Yeah, because it doesn't really make sense if he's really the brain. Because he's mm-hmm. not really a brain. He's more the muscle. Right. He's not a... If you were looking at... To use a D&D term, he's not the face character. He's not... The guy leading the party. It's. He's not. He's not what they want him to be, flat out. He's the dumb giant, bro. No. And it's gotten to be such a chore to watch SmackDown because of that kind of shit, or to watch Raw because of all the, the Lashley and Lana stuff, that even when they do something good. Like I mentioned, the the ladder match last night, uh, which was a fucking great ladder match, or the the yeah, really Andre cool angle they were they're running with it. Seth Rollins, Andrade they're, they're, retaining his title against Ray Ray. Mm-hmm. Like, at the, honestly, I love the Seth Rollins thing right now. Uh, the the pseudo heel turn for Buddy Murphy last week was genius. It was extremely well done. But you almost lose sight of it because of all the shit surrounding it. What do you think about uh, those two winning the tag titles? Hot take. What's that? What uh, What do you think about Rollins and Buddy Murphy winning the tag titles? What's your hot take? Uh, I I don't I want to see where they're going with it first. I guess I, it seems odd to have a and faction with an already established tag team and then not using them as a tag team. And especially when there's a money match to be had between AOP and the Viking Raiders. Uh, My take on it is I think that they took the belts, they put the belts on Murphy and Rollins because they want to save that match between the AOP and the Raiders for a bigger card, like a mania card. But they can't take the titles off them another way. So I'm betting that you'll see um, Seth and you'll see Seth and uh, uh, and Murphy lose it to somebody later on. Like they might lose it to Owens and Samoa Joe or something here in a couple of weeks, maybe at the Elimination AOP Chamber or something. Those two, bingo. Then you get AOP with the titles, and you get Raiders versus AOP at Mania or something like that. That's that's what I think they're going to end up doing. I think that's a it's a transitional way of getting the belts onto uh, the belts onto face characters that actually have something to do with what they're wanting to do, I guess. 
Um, it's okay. it's hard to say because they just treat the tag team titles like props anyway, so it doesn't really fucking matter. I hate saying that. But true, they've though. had, I mean, Christ, Strowman won it with a five, with an eight-year-old a couple years ago. They don't care. Can you tell me who the women's tag team champions are right now? Oscar yeah. and Kyrie Os- Sane? Yep, that's correct. You wouldn't the know Kabuki it because... Warriors. Yeah, you wouldn't know it because they haven't had a tag match in forever and Asuka's in the middle of a singles feud, so uh, no one's seen the Iconics in years, it seems like. Um, you don't really have any tag teams on SmackDown. Fire and Desire are doing some dumb uh, romance angle with Otis, you know, apparently going to fuck a ham or something. I don't know. Jesus. Um, and you know, credit to Otis on being funnier than shit. So good for him, man. He's 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 making the most out of it. But they don't. Vince uh, WWE does not give two shits unless you're in NXT. Does not give two shits about tag team wrestling, and it's painfully obvious. Um, sad. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh. I do want to like I do want to give a little bit of credit again. I I have to spotlight the Buddy Murphy thing from last week. That whole like last twenty minutes of the show is a brilliant bit of writing. Um, I don't know if did you get to watch Raw last week? No, not that I didn't get to. I didn't have the desire or the fire. That's that's fair. So, um, so what they ended up doing? They ran this angle of uh, Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black having their rubber match. Well, not even really a rubber match, just the third match, uh, because Murphy couldn't take the fact that he kept losing to Aleister Black. So they have a, another match last week. Uh, they put it in about like the ten o'clock, ten fifteen spot. <coughs> Excuse me, and have a banger of a match, like just as stiff as you'll see people working in WWE. And Aleister Black goes over again, you know, third time in a row. And as he, you know, walks back up the ramp, Murphy is just sitting on his ass outside the ring, you know, back to the barrier, just dejected as shit, like kind of in shell shock over the fact that he lost again. And they go to commercial with him just sitting there. And when they come back, he's still sitting there. And they're getting ready to, uh, they're running an Eric Rowan squash match. And he sits there the entire time, like, they do the whole, you know, rowing with the 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 weird basket o critter or whatever it is, uh, you know, squashing some local jobber, and the entire time, Murphy's just sitting there, a thousand yard stare against the barrier. <clears throat> they even had a, uh, I think Charlie Caruso come try to interview him, and he just waves her off. He's like, I can't I can't talk right now. I don't not not in a good time. <clears throat> and they go straight from that into this the. The all caps fist fight, you know Owens and Joe and Big Show's the 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 reanimated corpse of the Big Show versus AOP and Rollins in a essentially a tag team last man standing match. And at one point, Rollins gets thrown over the over the uh, the ropes and out to the, the uh, out to the apron and down to the the floor, and he's like face to face with Murphy. He kind of like rolls over and he's like right next to Murphy. He's like, yeah, and you gotta help us, you gotta help us, you gotta help us, and Murphy just stares at him. Rollins rolls back into the ring, and all of a sudden Murphy jumps up, 
shows up from behind Loblo's big show and joins Rollins and all them. It's like he had this come to Jesus moment after this long con of him sitting there against the barrier for about like 15 minutes almost. The only voice almost forget they could he's get there. through was the Monday Night Messiah. Yep. And it, it was it was really a stroke of genius to have him sitting there through the Roman squash and everything. Like you almost forgot he was there for a second because he sold that just dejected, not moving, you know, sitting there for a sec. It was really, really cool to see uh, some entwined storytelling. Uh, they actually spun, you know, him losing to Black into something. Black looks like a killer coming out of it. Had a great squash match last night. Everybody came out of that looking better. And that's something the WWE flat out doesn't do anymore. So it's just a really, really cool thing that they, when they're deserving of praise, they absolutely are deserving of it. That was a really well done angle. Um, I dig Rollins as the Monday Night Messiah. Uh, You know, everybody called him CrossFit Jesus. But now he's the Monday Night Messiah. And really playing it to the hilt and doing a hell of a job. The AOP looked like killers again, which they definitely needed. I love the pairing of Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens because you have two badasses who can talk. It's it's, a, it's good all around. But yet we choose to focus on Lana and Lashley still, so I it, uh, who knows. Hey, what do We're you think up? about KO almost dying? What's that? What do you think about KO almost dying with that Tony Hawk move? <laughs> Dude, I love that. I saw that. that. You have John Morrison shows back up on WWE programming and suddenly everybody wants to do parkour. <laughs> I love it. Fuck it yeah. was a great fucking move. I mean, Kevin Owens in one move justifies the weird looking, you know, warp wall of a entranceway they have now. Yeah, so, I kind of dig the new entryway, man, honestly. I'm I'm coming down to it. The first couple weeks where they had, uh, it was obviously two different screens. It looked kind of funky, but uh, they've got it. They seem to have gotten it down pretty well. It looks all right. Um, honestly, we haven't even talked about the fact that we're coming up on the Rumble this week, the fucking Royal Rumble of out of everything, and no one seems to give a shit. You know. Yeah, the Royal the, what? The yeah, the Royal Rumble. The. You know, characteristically, what? it's one of the one of the best matches they put on every year. The Rumble's always good, but what do they have leading up to it this year? What's the build for anything? You have, what? yeah, you have Lesnar at number one, I guess. So that'll be a thing. Even though he's not putting the title on the line, he's just gonna be beating people up because he can, I guess. Wait a you minute, know, time you... out, stop, pause, <clears throat> rewind. Sure. Lesnar is in the Rumble? <laughs> yeah, Lesnar is entered, he entered himself. Yeah, as champion, he has entered at number one. Without putting the title on the line, he is at number one. What the flying sheep shit, Batman? Basically, they don't have anything else for him to do, but because he has the title, they have to have him on the match somehow. Velasquez is rehabbing a knee. Goldberg has no storyline with him. And there's no one else. Rollins is involved with Owens. Uh, Bauer's back on NXT. They have no one built to to fight him right now. So whoever he uh, ends up you know, picking a fight with over the course of the Rumble, whoever throws him out of the Rumble essentially is probably going to be your Mania main event 
honestly. So Ro- Ro- uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, it could be Reigns. Um, I my money's on Velasquez probably uh, because they have nothing else. I mean, literally, the card for the uh, the card for the Royal Rumble right now. You have the men's and women's Rumble, which I can give you the list of the entrants here in a second. You have Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt in a strap match because reasons. Uh, you have Asuka and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title, which actually has a decent bit of build to it. You have Bailey versus face Lacey Evans for the SmackDown title because we had to rush that. Face uh, they Evans. just <clears throat> Yep. They just uh, they just announced Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade for the U.S. title because uh, Carrillo showed up on Monday on Raw this week. You have uh, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match because we haven't seen enough of you know no DQ matches where the entirety of uh, Corbin's gang shows up. Can't already predict that. And the other, the last match on the card, probably your your uh, pre-show match, is the returning Sheamus versus Shorty G. Because that needed to happen as well. What? Yes. Why would the fuck wait, stop, hold the goddamn press? <laughs> Why in the fuck does Chad Gable, because I'm not calling him by that other shit, sorry. Oh, God, I wish. I uh, Yeah. Why in the fuck? fuck does Chad Gable need to fight Sheamus? That doesn't Be- make any fucking sense. The build literally, they he showed up, Sheamus showed up I want to say two weeks ago I think. Either, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, just, you know, shows up after a shorty G match and kicks him in the face. That was pretty much it. Um, and now he's talking about, you know, basically he's making short jokes about shorty G. That's the bill. Oh, it's Baron Corbin 2.0. Holy sheep yep. shit, Batman. That's, <laughs> that's the build. Um, We've done it. Yep. Yep, yep. And this, the sad thing is there's only, if you look at the actual confirmed entrance for the the two Rumbles, uh, the men's list, I believe there's only like eight spots left in it. Uh, confirmed entrance for the men's Rumble. Uh, Lesnar, Reigns, Corbin, Ziggler, Nakamura, Strowman, Eric Rowan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Elias, Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Otis, Tucker, Rusev, Lashley, Aleister Black, Murphy, Rollins, Owens, and Joe. Leaves eight spots open right now. Great. Um, so far, every name you listed, that that sounds like a good rumble. Yeah. Um Oddly enough, I could see them kind of... I, I actually could see Drew McIntyre winning it. I'd like to see it. Um, they've slowly been kind of face-turning uh, McIntyre a little bit. Kind of Well, I don't even know if I'd call him a face, but kind of more tweener. Uh, he is a heel that is playing to the crowd, in a way. He's an anti-face. And, uh, yeah, I, he's actually been a lot of fun. It's... Uh, uh, he kind of interjected himself into uh, the Randy Orton AJ Styles feud, and um, is very funny actually, in a cocky excuse me cocky bastard sort of way. Um, so I mean, there's a possibility they could be building McIntyre. I do want to also spotlight Ricochet because they are doing him fucking dirty. Uh, last night on Raw, he came out and basically said, "Hey, there's Lesnar. I'm going to go fight with Lesnar." Because Paul Heyman won't shut up. So I'm going to go over and say, 
I think he actually said, like, I may not even be at WrestleMania, but I'm not afraid of you. And Lesnar just kind of laughs at him and uh, starts to walk off. And Ricochet says, I think you're afraid of me. Lesnar walks up, punts him between the legs, grabs a microphone and goes, "Not not scared, and just walks away. Way to make one of the best fucking professional wrestlers on the planet look like an absolute idiot. He Which kicked is that way man right compl- in the penis. Uh, yeah. Um, the sad thing is, that's the men's rumble. The women's he rumble, you want to know how many... The women's rumble, the only declared entrants are Charlotte, Sarah Logan, Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Cross. That's it. Wow. So they and 26 have, that, other surprise entrants. We'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. Yeah, you better hope you, you they're going to need a serious infusion of NXT because I'm not even sure they have 26 women on the two rosters. Jesus. Be completely honest with you. Maybe they'll call gonna, Tessa Blay. Never mind. They're going to they're going to rotate. They're going to they're going to call in Trish Stratus again because they can't get that out of their system. Maybe like, they'll call Adam Cole's girlfriend. I heard <laughs> she is a doctor. <laughs> Uh, there is one that I could see happening, actually. One big surprise in the Women's Rumble. Uh, okay. You and I mentioned uh, John Morrison, we mentioned the other day. Uh, Taya, I don't know if this has hit the actual show yet, but uh, in their tapings, a little bit of a spoiler here, Taya, who's held the Impact Women's title for over a year now, lost the belt recently. Ooh. So we could see, I mean, if Morrison's in WWE... That's a likely landing spot for Taya. She's a hell of a wrestler. She'd be a good. She would be a good, uh, good hand on great any either. Yeah, she would be a great hand on either any of the rosters, whether that's NXT, SmackDown, or Raw. She could be a great hand for any of them. I could easily see her being a surprise entrant at the Rumble. I don't know how big of a pop it'd get, but hey, it's cool. Hey, um, the the deeper cut fans would know. Yeah, definitely. I do think you're going to see a lot of NXT coming in from both of them. Um, well, I know that uh, I know that Triple H said NXT is going to be heavily integrated into this year's Rumble, just like they were with Survivor Series. I think that a that's a good thing, and I think honestly, you're probably going to see that going forward. Uh, I think you're going to see NXT featuring a lot more in any of the big four events. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see an NXT, uh, one NXT star in the Money in the Bank match, that kind of thing. Ooh, that'd be awesome. Um, you'll probably see, I, I would be impressed if we didn't see a NXT title match at Mania this year. That kind of thing. So, like, yeah. the fact, the fact that they still want to build NXT as that legit third brand, and really how well-received Survivor Series was, they know that's a, a thing. Like, there's there's a, a a lot of people that think that Keith Lee could win the Rumble this year. And truthfully, I'd be down to watch Lee and Lesnar go at it. Just me. Bask in his glory. Yep. So, so bro, I um, gotta ask. Sure. Do you have a top five or someone to watch this week? I do, I do, I do, actually. And uh, not only have I, I've mentioned a few of these matches already, and there's a lot of tie-ins from this, uh, from the someone to watch and from the uh, top five this week. We've talked about a few people on here already. 
Um, I had the privilege this year of, or I shouldn't say this year, this weekend, there was a lot of um, non-main roster stuff going on. Not only did we have uh, Hard to Kill a couple weeks ago, we also had, uh, the week before last, we had the uh, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. Uh, personally, I also sat and watched uh, a promotion out of uh, Crown Point, Indiana, on the IWTV app. Uh, Black Label Pro had a pay-per-view uh, with a fantastic name and gimmick uh, this past weekend. It was originally supposed to be Crown Point Jewel. And then, uh, you know, WWE has lawyers and that didn't go through. So it became uh, Nobody Puts Black Label Pro in a Corner. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of matches that I got to see that weren't the normal mainstream stuff, which I love. Um, number 10, starting off from uh, TakeOver Blackpool, was the uh, ladder match. Uh, tag team three-way ladder match between Grizzled Young Veterans... Uh, Southwest sub, or South Wales subculture, which is Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, and Gallus, which is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Um, three teams that have very good charisma together, a lot of uh, rapport together, had a pretty nasty, gnarly tag team ladder match. Uh, Gallus ended up coming away with a win, which I did not see coming. Uh, but definitely a really good, uh, good three-way ladder match. You don't get to see that often anymore. Uh, not Shit, quite yeah, to the I'll level. Check that one out. <laughs> yep. Actually, the 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 takeover Blackpool card ended up being very good. Uh, there was a few really good matches on that show. Uh, number nine, I have the central conceit of that Black Label Pro show uh, was the BLP Rumble. Uh, they did a straight up WWE style Royal Rumble match. I think thirty two entrants this year. And. Um, cool thing about it to me was that a lot of people in there I don't recognize. Like, I don't get to watch a lot of Black Label. I don't watch a lot of Freelance out of Chicago, which they're very affiliated with. Uh, so there's names in there that I don't recognize most of. Uh, and it's a good way to come in and see people you're not familiar with and maybe come away with a new favorite. And I I, I got to throw it up because my, my, my baby boy Dan Housen came into it. And uh, he is one of their acting tag team champions. And uh, actually had someone tag him into the Rumble and then pinned someone and then accidentally eliminated himself because he thought it was a tag team match. Um, awesome. I posted a few things. Oh, the Rumble itself, this was fantastic. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, definitely take the opportunity to. Check out the Facebook page. I posted some stuff on there from it. There was a dude that showed up with, I shit you not, a bazooka. Walks up to the ring with it, and the crowd is just loving it. And then he actually shoots a damn fireball out of the bazooka, and it, and the crowd goes absolutely berserk. Uh, you had an Amish guy who came out to no entrance music, <laughs> did the Pentagon Junior music? arm break spot. Yep, did the Pentagon Junior arm break spot while the crowd chants "churn that butter." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a woman that pulls a unicycle out from under the ring and does a unicycle-assisted lariat. Uh, you have a pile driver off the ring apron through a table that looked nasty. Um, I believe uh, one of the f- the finisher was a uh, uh, Greg's Masbury Park or uh, uh, a Rikishi driver of sorts on the ring apron with no room whatsoever. Just uh, awesome, awesome spots. Great match. Uh, so definitely if you get a chance to check out the BLP Rumble. Uh, would have been higher if I'd have known more people in it, but still on its own, great fun to watch. 
number eight, also from Black Label, was uh, Eric Stevens and Filthy Tom Lawler uh, title match. Uh, the two of them, Lawler is one that I almost could see in AEW coming up soon. I thought he was going to go to AEW soon. Uh, Eric Stevens is kind of on his way out. I think he's retiring soon, actually. Um, but he's a longtime indie guy getting kind of on his last run. Uh, after coming off a really good match with uh, David Starr at Heavy Lies the Crown, um, the two of them had a very, very good technical wrestling match. Lawler's got a background in MMA, uh, so a very almost Kurt Angle-style match between the two of them. <coughs> uh, number seven, Kylie Ray, good old Smiley Kylie, uh, versus Warhorse uh, for the IWTV title, again from Black Label Pro. Um, I actually sent you a video of this uh, because, again, this the name of the show. Crown Point? Yeah. This was in Crown Point. Fuck. Uh, I'm actually going to their next show at the end of February. I'm going to, uh, it is, um, what is the name of the show? Um, oh, fuck. I can't think of the name. It's a, it's a playoff of Leap Year um, that uh, I'm stoked as hell for. I'm going to be second row going into that show now. I'm, I'm finally getting to go to a Black Label show myself. Um, That's Anyway, uh, Kylie Ray and Warhorse, the name of the show is Nobody Puts Black Label Pro in a Corner. They did the I Had the Time of My Life spot, or they tried to. Good old Kylie tries to get him to do it. I sent you the video. Right as they do the, the chorus, he fucking power slams her. The crowd goes berserk. The two of them had a very good match. Uh, Kylie Ray is one that, it's the one that got away from AEW, really. Honestly, if she'd have stayed with them, she'd probably be the cha- their champion right now. Hell of a wrestler, great personality. She is going to be somebody that shows up eventually on an AEW or on a WWE. You will see Kylie Ray later on. Uh, Warhorse uh, was very nearly my somebody to watch. He will be a somebody to watch in a future episode. Um, he has been their IWTV champion for two, three months now. Uh, has defended it left, right, and center. And uh, is a lot of fun to watch. They had a great match. Uh, number six <clears throat> was uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus uh, Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes from the uh, January eighth episode of NXT. Uh, look, we've all know we all know what Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak can do in a ring. Simply out. I mean, you put the two of them in a ring, you're going to have a good match regardless. Uh, plus, you had Damian Priest who's coming into his own. Cameron Grimes had a whale of a match in the midst of all of it. Um, including uh, that collision course that uh, the Spanish Fly Power Slam counter he does, he hit it on Keith Lee, and it was it was unbelievable, beautiful. Uh, does a backflip with holding Keith Lee, and it looks like they floated in midair for a solid three seconds. Awesome match! Oh yeah. Um, number five uh, from this week's episode of NXT, the fifteenth, or I guess last week's episode rather. <coughs> Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Leo Rush versus Tyler Breeze. Um, Rush and Swerve have chemistry out the ass. And that's honestly the best match I've seen Rush have since coming back. And he's had some good matches. Swerve really got to show a lot of what he can do. Tyler Breeze doesn't get doesn't get to show as much as he normally does. But in this match, he got a chance to really shine. Uh, the three of them, again, great chemistry. Very cool match, quick as hell, very fast-paced. 
uh, you know, surprising with Rush and uh, Swerve being fast-paced, but uh, excellent, excellent match. Um, Number four, uh, I mentioned earlier, was the third uh, Buddy Murphy-Alistair Black match from Raw last week on the uh, 13th. Um, Stiff enough that it could have been a New Japan match easily. Very, very strong style. The two of them throw kicks and knees better than anybody in the business. Well, better than anybody in WWE. And I'd put uh, I'd put Murphy's knees right up there with Omega's at this point. Um, number three would be the Andrade versus Rey Mysterio ladder match from this week's Raw, um, which again was a main event quality ladder match. They had crazy spots, uh, falls through ladders, off ladders. Um, great spots with Zelina Vega. Um, hell of a feud ender. I'm amazed they put it on Raw and not as on the main card at the Rumble. But I'm not complaining. It was a hell of a match. Uh, number two you probably saw would be Darby Allen and Pac from uh, uh, Dynamite last week on the 15th. Hell uh, yeah. Darby Allen being a fucking madman like he is. Um, uh, just taking some brutal spots. There's a power bomb that Pac hits on him that is just sickening. Um, but great match there, leading up to the challenge with Moxley for this week at uh, the Wrestling Rager. Uh, but Darby Allen again can't quite get over the hump win wise, but keeps putting on fantastic matches. <coughs> he might uh, be the most one. over guy in AEW, bro. I would say so, actually. The crowd loves His him. His pop is insane. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, crowd you absolutely were there in Indy. Him. How crazy did the crowd go when he came out in Indy? Mm-hmm. And, God, I, I still have flashbacks. That was may have been one of the spots of the year was uh, that the paradigm shift that Allen took off the second ring or second turnbuckle. Um, number one match, and... Uh, I would tell you, stop what you're doing. Go watch this match now. It's a match of the year contender. <coughs> uh, it's going to be on my short list for the match of the year later on this year. Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin from TakeOver Blackpool 2. I mean, it shouldn't come as any surprise. I've talked about Tyler Bate. The guy's a wonder kid. Um, for as young as he is, I've not seen a bad match with Tyler Bate in a long time. Devlin is one of the uh, diamonds in the rough for NXT UK. I don't know why he doesn't have a belt. Like, they need a mid-card title to give him. The dude is... <coughs> Imagine a... He's trained by Finn Bauer. Great technical wrestler. Can fly with the best of them. Great impact. Some really unique moves. Um his uh, finisher is a ripcord side suplex that is nasty looking, called the Devlin side. Um, Love it. Oh, it's it's a hell of a match. It really is. Um, honestly, if you get a chance to watch it, it, it's not even the main event of that card, but it's a about probably twenty minute match. <clears throat> Bates coming off of my match of the year last year with Walter. And Devlin has had bangers against uh, guys like Finn Bauer, guys like uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, Cesaro. Even recently, like they've had awesome, awesome matches. And he is a guy that works very, very well. Another young guy with NXT UK that kind of like uh, Pete Dunne, 
I can see making the, the transition over to the main NXT roster. They need to get a belt on him. They need to have him featured a lot more heavily. Devlin is fantastic. So, easy match of the year for me, or easy match of the week for me. Match of the year contender. Go watch Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin from Blackpool too. It's awesome. Fuck yeah, for <clears throat> sure. Will do. Sorry, I'm gonna have to grab a drink here. Um, like I said, I'm coming off a bit of a cough myself, and uh, I did listen to JIC this week, so I do know the the protocol for this. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow would be Thursday. So this uh, drink break sponsored by would be Podcastrophe. Podcastrophe. Let's do it together. <laughs> Cheers to Podcastrophe. Three, two, one. See, I'm I learning the rules. I genuinely here. believe <laughs> in my heart of hearts and my soul of souls that we're real people. We have to drink and breathe and burp and fucking cough and sneeze sometimes and sniffle. And that's just who we are. If we take all that yep. away, we're robots. I don't want to be that. Yep. yep. Um, and then for a someone to watch, I mentioned her earlier. I wanted to give a shout-out to Mercedes Martinez uh, because she may be somebody that's already on the radar. Like, you probably should already know who Mercedes Martinez is. But for sure, I wanted to give her someone to watch credit because she just signed a deal with WWE. Yeah, I heard that, dude. I was actually yep. surprised at that. Yep. Uh, matter of fact, her first match as an actual WWE contracted wrestler was the Battle Royal. Uh, the same, almost the same night she got announced. Um, wow. And acquitted herself very well, actually. Uh, Martinez has been around for, oh God, twenty years. She's been one of the like standard bearers of women's wrestling, independent women's wrestling, for years. <coughs> and. She is someone that I think she'll probably, if she doesn't get a huge push, like her career in NXT is probably going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be the, you know, uh, guy like Samoa Joe where they sign him, he's a little older, they push him straight up the card immediately, or she'll be a uh, kind of a player coach like a Cassius Ono type where this is just kind of their deal now. They're not going to be in the main title matches. They're going to have spotlight matches here and there, good feuds, but they're there to help teach, that kind of thing. And really, she's almost in her 40s, so it's not necessarily a bad spot for her if she goes that route. Now, I hope they don't. I think she deserves a push. The woman deserves she deserves a mania match for my, my money. I think she's a fantastic wrestler and one of the best female wrestlers to ever do it. Um, I did give a couple uh, of uh, shout-out matches for her. <coughs> I mentioned the David Starr match. I've mentioned that ad nauseum at this point uh, from uh, Uncharted Territory this year. She had a fantastic match with Starr. Please go watch it. I've said it enough times. One of my favorite matches of the year last year. It will give you a great idea of what she can do with anybody. Uh, also, she had a great match with Chris Statlander, uh, also on Uncharted Territory. And digging a little farther back, uh, did you watch the May Young Classic last year? No, I did not. Go back go back and check out the Mayon Classic from last year. Uh if for no other reason than they signed uh or had two they had Mercedes Martinez running through it and Mako Satamora, who is one of again, one of the trailblazers in women's wrestling and is known as kind of a boss character, like video game boss, like a the final boss fight type of women's wrestling over in Japan. Um 
she is the female equivalent of maybe a Tomohiro Ishii or uh, not quite a Bushi, but maybe uh, maybe a Jay White. I don't know, maybe, but just a hell of a strong style wrestler um, that absolutely brutalizes people. She had a hell of a run through the Mae Young Classic, and uh, her match with Martinez was one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. Um, you know, full stop, all time. Absolute blast of a match. That's on the network. Go watch it. I give you a date if I needed to. Um, but yeah, three mm-hmm. matches of hers to go watch. Hopefully we see more of her going forward in NXT. Personally, I hope she gets a big push. I'd love to see her get what she has earned over her career and go, you know, not only a big match in NXT but or at a takeover, but I'd love to see her on a WrestleMania card someday. I hope she gets what she deserves out of it. So definitely as someone to watch, someone I'll be watching a lot of is Mercedes Martinez. Hell yeah. So. Well, fucking A, bro. Uh, yep, yep. I think we did it. Did we do it? <laughs> you know, I got to say, the last uh, the last show that I did solo, I kept saying it was going to be a short show, going to be a short show, and I talked for an hour and a half. This time, I think it's we're easy about to do. that two-hour mark. <laughs> Hey, we're doing pretty good tonight, I think, my friend. We kept moving on. We were moving on. I will say I'm looking forward to what's coming next in wrestling. There's a lot of, you know, big changes on the horizon. I feel like every week that we get to catch up on wrestling, there are so many new, strange occurrences that we weren't anticipating being headlines, you know. Scott Steiner is back in NWA, and they gave him a microphone, which I can't even fucking for the life of me understand why they would do that but i digress that's as much as we bag on as much as we bag on wwe we are coming up on wrestlemania season which is traditionally when they actually try so i mean we think about last year we were in the same position where nothing looked good and we got kofi mania out of it you know we got uh the miz and uh the miz and uh uh shane mcmahon storyline come out of it there was a lot of good stuff that came out of last year's mania um, yeah, the Becky Lynch thing. The rise of Becky Lynch started at the Rumble last year. So, I mean, we're coming up on what should be statistically the best part of the year for WWE as well. <coughs> so, not just uh, everything else should be great. WWE should be <clears throat> at least worthwhile the last few weeks at least. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to definitely see what... Uh... WWE brings to the table, but they've been just bumming me the shit out, bro. It's just killing my I soul. I know. I know. I'm still watching it by the grace of God because I have, I have dedicated to this show. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to cover it even if I hate it. I'll cover it with my best integrity as a investigative journalist. You know, some I don't know that we're investigative journalists. Uh, maybe I, I got to think this is how this is how people from the BBC feel when they have to cover Donald Trump. That no one wants to do it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. But kind of have to. <laughs> that's a great. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's a great allegory. I fucking love it. Okay, on that, folks. Before we get out here, as always, you can check out Journey into Wrestling every other Wednesday right here at journeyintocomics.com. Journey into Comics Network, get us on Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox, TuneIn, many others, as well as Apple Music. 
make sure to search Journey into Comics. Network One Feed is definitely all you will need because we're going to give you content almost every day of the week, if not every day of the week, if we can help it. And make sure to go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us some money. We'll try to be funny. I promise. And that's a rhyme for you. All right, folks. <laughs> I think that's going to do it this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's season four, episode nine. I've been Nate. Ben Buckles. And we will see you folks next time. Later. Later, later. <laughs>